welcome to Badger Claw. Episode 5, A Real Conundrum. What are you doing here? Hello, Get Milky. your heads down. Hello. Keep yourselves low. What if someone sees you? Hello, Milky. Get your heads down, I tell you. What are you doing to me? What is it, Milky? There a bird loose in here? What is it you want? I don't want the trouble. Maybe you can help us, Milky. We own a job. I can't help you. Well, he's looking for someone, you see. Yeah. And we thought, who'd have seen the fella if not old Milky? He knows everything that goes on in Badger Claw. Yeah, there's a man with his ear to the ground. So we come straight away to see what you had to say. Well, all right, what is it? Hurry it along and be on your way. The whole town is looking for you, and I don't want the trouble. Huh? Well, hold up a fetch. Pull back on them reins. You say they's looking for us? For you and the other one. Ever since the girl's gone missing. What? Huh? Her older friend, Wilson. He saw you take her in the night. He heard you say your name to her. Did you think she was alone, you silly man? What is it that you want, money? Well, he'll pay, I'm sure. The Applegates can afford it. Milky, what are you sussing about? I ain't take no girl. Well, that's what I told him. The Habernathy boy, he's not capable of such a thing. Even less so the other one. No. He heard and saw you. The old man did? Yes, her father's man. He was with her, looking after her, you see. Well, that's just the man we's looking for. We got this here letter for him. Jumping juniper. Savage as he was. Said he'll have you strung up and flayed alive if any harm were to befall the poor girl. Where is he now? Off to Saints Nowhere. Hmm. Said he'd be searching the earth from here to Timbuktu if necessary. Likely headed toward Fort Badger if you ask me. Heck, that's a long hike. Oh, Past the way we just come, too. We gonna really have to get a chuckin' if we's gonna get him this letter. <laughs> Sakes alive. Jesse, hmm? don't you see what's happened? The old man's gone afar to the earth looking for that Timmy Bucktooth. Hand me that letter. Rabbit Joe said not to give it a read. Say, Milky, they got any posters of us up yet? I expect it won't be long before they do. Well, there's some good news. Say, Lionel, something done fell out of your envelope. Aye, what is that there? Looked like some sort of varmint. Hair. It's a lock of hair. Why do you think Rabbit Joe is sending that old man a lock of his hair? Milky, what's this word here? Smells fancy. C-O-L. Collateral. There's just so many words. It's something of value a debtor holds until he's gotten what's doing. Shannon shop maids, Jesse. Huh? It was Rabbit Joe who done took Sally. He and that ugly fella must have got her hit off somewhere, sir. Rabbit Joe, of course. I hope she packed her good shoes this time. Let's see her's a ransom letter. Lee's wanting $40,000 to give her back. Oh, my. And we's being framed for it. You mean they intend on bringing Miss Sally to harm if and they don't get their wants? The ugly fella. Is that loathsome Harry by chance? You know him? Mercies and grace. By reputation, the most terrible, vile creature on God's good earth he is. Mm. Vengeful, too. And always fighting the lost war. Mm. Your poor friend, even if he gets the money, even if Rabbit Joe thinks otherwise. Loathsome Harry, well, there's no telling what he'll do to her. She being a northerner, and a rich one at that. Sakes alive. Now see, that don't sit right with me. Jesse. I ain't swallowing that bacon. Jesse, we gotta do something. You ain't just a hollering hogs, Lionel. I reckon this might be a touch to our blaming. Mm. Now the rooster veins have swung around our way, and it's up to us to heave the wind. We gotta settle our hash. We gotta save Sally. Yes, sir. Now mm. you shaking the right rattle. Mm. We switching herds, Milky. We gonna be heroes now. We ain't gonna be on posters no more. 
we gonna be in them history books along with the likes of that there James Washington and Harkalees and old Davy Crocker. Now, listen, Jesse. It's gonna take some sand to get done, you understand? Yeah. Miss Sally's accounting on us. Well, you gotta get our noggins a-clicking and come up with some sort of plan to outsmart them fellers that's got her stole away. And then we gotta get her out of there and back to safety somehow without them running us down. Then we'll square up with the old man and her father's employee at a later date. We ought to get her her money back, too. You're right, if we can. You got a plan of twitching? We'll have to think of something. Something clever, like. Hmm. 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 That's a real conundrum. Yes, it is. A real conundrum. You know where she's being kept? We know where their camp is at. I reckon they got her there. Back there where we come from. They done wooled our eyes completely, them snaky rascals. But how can we get her out without risking her harming? We gotta be snaky, too. You got any ideas? Hmm. Well, let's think about it from the perspective of them bookie heroes. Think about what they would do. Okay. Like, for instance? For instance, maybe we use what's called the element of surprise. Okay, now that's a thought. Problem is, I just don't know which element that is. I know gold would sure be surprising to me. Always is. Of course, we don't got no gold, and, and now he's back to the problem we had before. Oh. Say, maybe we need to get us some of them wooden teeth. What? I think most heroes what? have the wooden teeth. Well, how would that help us? And some fancy hats. They's all got fancy hats. Jesse. Sometimes even with them carcass tails dangling Jesse. from the behind. Like in that picture book Miss Sally I, showed us. I think you might have lost your train of thought. A train would be mighty helpful. Uh, Say, maybe that Timmy not. Bucktooth's got some help to offer. The old man can find him. Meanwhile, we can use that there cannon drum you two's mm, talking about. Conundrum. Blast our way in. Slay that nine-headed hide. Yeah, Cross no, that Deliware. Kill us a buyer when I, we was I, I, only I, I, three. I, 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 I'd go ahead and take the lead on this one, Jesse. kind of lost what I was tracking on. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and take the lead on this and Lionel? Yeah. I think that'd be best. Mercy. All right, Jesse. The main thing is, we know where she's at. And as long as they got her kept up, she ain't safe, especially with that monster Loathsome Harry lurking about. Nope. And the longer we dilly-dally here in town, the more danger she'll be in, and us too, if and them folks looking for us. Mm. So we gotta get going on this plan. And we gots to be snaky, like you said. It's gonna be dangerous, Jesse. Yep. The landscape's prickly in the fire, you understand? I do. And I say, what are we waiting for? Let's get to mission aid. Let's get on then. Let's get on. Mm-hmm. We's coming for you, Sally. Oh boy. You just hold yourself tight. Yes, sir. We's coming. You just hold on now. You know a real name isn't Sally Jones. Yeah, we done learned that up. And that there ransom letter tells it all. But who is she? Your young friend is the daughter of one Alexander Plutonius Applegate of the Philadelphia Applegates the proprietor of the Great Applegate Steel Company, Incorporated. Her real name is Wilhelmina Desdemona Applegate. Wilhelmina Desdemona Applegate. Yes? Wilhelmina Desdemona Applegate. (laughs) Oh, sir, your breath... I mean, I'm across the room. You it back in the harlot. Listen, I don't know how long you've been out here, but there's been tremendous advances in personal hygiene in recent years. I was rich like you once. Richer even. We owe not only the portraiture of men on the bills in our wallets, but their flesh and blood as well. 
and we exchanged one for the other by right as we saw fit. One hundred for one, one thousand for another. And we had land, real land, not this. When I was your age, my father's land, his possessions, his honor, his life, and that of three of his four sons, I being the other, were stolen from him by the blue-bellied devil Sherman and his Napoleons, forged in northern factories, supplied by cheating, traducing industrialist backstabbers like Alexander Plutonius Applegate. Having scorched and ravished our homeland, sending us as refugees into this godless wilderness, the Yankee devil comes again to take and pillage and reduce us to his chattel. Not me, girl. Not me. I serve no man or government. At last, a true villain. Trading dollars for flesh is an abomination, they say. We'll see. If they wish to show themselves honorable and true, let them reject our terms on these moral grounds. Let them decline to render payment for their own dock. I might prefer that more. But if hypocrites they be, as I suspect they are, then all the better. Let them dishonor themselves by reducing themselves to that which they claim to abhor and degrading their own daughter to among the lowest of all possible flesh. Now I will be made rich in the process and proven right. Your kind are hypocrites and grifters all, swindlers and Shylocks, exploiters and opportunists. Hmm, we don't see eye to eye on the situation, that is plain. But of the two scenarios, I'd prefer the latter. Of course, you seem to dismiss the possibility that I might escape and that you might be brought to justice. Oh, I long for justice. I do not fear it, for I'm an instrument of its wrath. As for escape, yes, I do dismiss that possibility. Escape to where, Sage Hen? This country is ours. You are far from home. <laughs> Sir, I beg you. I have an extra toothbrush in my hotel room. I understand that in this era and locale, it is uncommon for men to maintain regular oral health regimens, but you must do something. It is intolerable. At the very least, you could open a window or wear a mask, which honestly would solve a host of issues pertaining to your ghastly emanation. It's relentlessly distracting. Enough of this chatter. I'm off to partake of my evening meal. Oh, thank God. Attempt to escape if you dare. I hope that you do. Nothing would please me more than to have excuse to exact just punishment upon your head. <laughs> oh, mercy. Oh, sweet Easter's. Whew. Feels like a sulfur mine. I'm coming, Willie. Still yourself, my girl. Old man Wilson's going to find you yet. It's untenable. That's all there is to it. You ask to see me? Yes, Mr. Joe. Please have a seat. I think I'll be given the orders. Use our prisoner. Well, stand if you like. It makes little difference to me. I know you carry shrapnel in your leg, but if you choose personal discomfort for the sake of authoritarian posturing, then that's your own choice. Though I'm certain its constant throbbing must be vexing, and you'd likely be more concentrated were you to sit, not to mention more amiable. 
but as you like it, it's your choice. But ain't that vexing. Yes, yes, I'm sure you're quite brawny and stalwart, and I would never dream of impugning your toughness and manhood. Now, I have a few things I wish to discuss with you. I'm sure you do. I see you as occupying the position of Commandant of this camp, though it is my understanding that full authority is divided between yourself and one Mr. Harry, though his duties seem to lie more in the strategic and oversight capacity, while your own is administrative in nature. Therefore, it is to you with whom I've requested to speak. Am I correct in this assessment? I reckon. Now then, there are a few matters of urgency of which we must parlay. Without paper or pen, I'm forced to rely solely on memory to call forth these matters, so you'll forgive me if pause or stammer oversalts my discourse. Sure. First of all, we must address the subterfuge by which you've executed my capture. You'll be relieved to know I hold this not against you, and that the very nature of the enterprise being necessarily dishonest, I do not count it any further to your deficit the deception through which you made your business, and I myself, as you know, employed the same device to my own ends as well. My adoption of the alias Sally Jones precludes judgment on your pretension of being one Lionel Abernathy. Consider the issue in pari delicto. Alright, I'm gonna sit down. Not because you wanted me to, I just want to see if this chair's up to snuff. Now, as for my abduction itself, there's little to say about it that would alter, alleviate, or redress the matter. You are obviously a man chosen of sin and criminality, and there would be little <laughs> use in appealing to conscience, and even less so to law. As to my imprisonment, however, I believe we can here find some common ground as to my accommodations, until the situation has been resolved. Uh, how's that? First, I must say that I have not been harmed, other than minor nicks and bruises, but I again find this natural and within the norms of the crime already undertaken. I have not been unreasonably restrained, though my wrists remain tied. I have been fed and provided shelter, and have not been, as yet, unduly harmed by any in your employ, though threats to the contrary have been frequent. It seems to me that my own standard of living while imprisoned has not been much more lowly than that of those who imprison me. For that I am grateful. But you must, as Commandant, feel some shame in this. As from another perspective, it could be said that your laborers are, under your supervision, afforded only a slightly better accommodated lifestyle than that of a prisoner. Shame? Your employees, to a man, are soiled, underclothed, and unkempt. Granted, this may be the norm of Western criminal culture, but still... It is hardly acceptable, and certainly unnecessary. Why, this camp has all the facilities and labor required to provide basic laundry and grooming services. Yet your men sit idle, left to wallow in their filth. There is no lack of access to fresh water, for I have seen the creek myself that runs through the middle of this hideaway. There simply is no excuse for your men to be so sloven, as you must recognize, as a former military man, that slovenliness is the quickest and surest route to insubordination. <sighs> Further, sanitation concerns aside... It is widely understood in modern times that a prisoner has a reasonable right to exercise, and though it is true that I have paced my way around this cabin many times over, this is hardly enough to render this right. Therefore, as your camp clearly has need, and the operation of my own rights might oblige them, I suggest the compromise be made that I take as my occupation, to keep my mind sound and body of health, the assuagement of the unseemly situation pertaining to your ragged men, for whatever duration until the ransom situation has been resolved." What'd you have in mind, exactly? It would be little trouble for me to help your employees to a better grooming, befitting the dignity of God's noblest creature, even those with souls debased by moral degeneracy. <laughs> your men, each one of them, is in desperate need of shaving, a haircut, and a mending and thorough cleaning oh. of what we'll generously call clothing. You want me to give you a razor blade and scissors? Don't you think that'd be a little unwise to bestow upon a prisoner? I'd be heavily supervised, of course, but beyond that, no, that is not the scope of my ambition. 
I consider hygiene a human right and find your leadership in this regard lacking. Well, hey now. My objective goes beyond merely cutting hair and mending clothes. These are simple tasks that your men ought, by right, to be able to do for themselves, and I would consider it within the scope of my mission to educate and equip them to do so. After all, I do not expect to be acquainted here for long. You want to turn them into a bunch of preening sissies is what it sounds like. One might argue that it is the man or boy dependent upon a woman or some other authority to do for him that which he ought to be able to do for himself that is the sissy. The independent man is no sissy. Oh. Well, it is a compelling argument. I'll give you that. Further, I've heard through these walls often the faint sound of the fiddle, played amateurishly and out of tune. I can help with that as well, if you'd like. The fiddle? Now, as for your friend and co-conspirator, Mr. Harry... I mean... I know. I don't know what can be done, but something must be. It's bad. You're right. He looks like a girl's doll that has been made the toy of a cat. I know. I know. I once dropped a gingerbread onto the stove and had to pry it loose with a spatula and castor oil. And even my dog Beowulf would not eat it. And yet it more resembled the human form than that odious creature. Yeah. I wish not to belabor the point, but are you sure he's of human lineage? Yeah. Both parents? fully human. I'm pretty sure of it. I had hitherto always considered the existence of succubi and hobgoblins as medieval superstitions, but I'm lately reassessing that assumption. No, he's fine. It's fine. Which brings me to my last point. Oh, good. While, as I've said, the nature of your chosen career and the state and fate of your own soul are beyond the scope of my judicature, Thank you. as it is the essence of evil, epizootic and audacious, it is by sequence immutable that you shall make effort to spread your villainy, even to those who had hitherto been innocent and unsuspecting, just as a parasite finds harbor amongst a host, with tragic potential to transmit from one to another, with exponential virality. It is therefore incumbent upon the fallen man to restrain himself in his wickedness, not only in the selection of his victims, to whom he can only do bodily harm, but even more so in the adoption of his apprentices. In what state these other men might have been before falling under your tutelage, I cannot know. But, Mr. Joe, hear me when I say with all contempt, disgust, and outrage that I, with all my being, denounce, rebuke, and assail your inclusion of poor Lionel Habernathy and Jesse Gooseplucker in your evil schemes. How dare you, sir? You snake! You warthog! You virus! For shame! For shame, sir. Well, that ain't a nice thing to say. Whatever may become of me, if you don't leave those two men alone and free them of your insidious influence, I swear by the blood in my veins that you will pay with your very being for every ounce of innocence, kindness, and decency you dare to sap from theirs a thousand times over, with interest until to the devil himself will you plead for mercy and find none. For in him there is none, and shall in you be none, if you do not this day repent. Smokes, that seems harsh. Yes. Well, you know they came to me. And I to them. And no longer shall they be yours to manipulate. I reckon we'll see about that. Anything else that's on your mind? Yes. I'd like a hairbrush. For myself. It's not urgent, but now that I'm missing a piece of it, I'm feeling a bit unsullied. And also a ribbon. Where is this blasted fort? There's a good girl. 
Good girl. Keep your pace steady now. We'll be upon water soon enough. We're descending again, I think. Blimey, I should have known better than to trust an army map. There must be some sign. Tracks in the field. Smoke in the sky. Something. Oh, Willie, keep yourself safe. Give them no gruff. Hold steady and be brave. We'll be coming for you soon. We'll come for you, I promise you. Just you hold on. Crick there, you got Thomas Frank, Pickles LaRue, Gravel Eye Cal, and Squeaky Dave washing their underbridges in sort of an assembly line type thing. There by the slop house, you got Rabbit Foot John, Coyote Kennison, and Whistling Jimmy scrumming some dish pots. No Tongue Quincy appears to be flying some sort of a kite with Elbows Johnson supervising. There by the wall over yonder, you got Dogman Louie. Longfinger Lopez, Sunflower Steve, and John Cougar Mellencamp doing some singing. What's called a barbershop quartet. Then over here by the bunkhouse, there appears to be some sort of sewing lesson going on. Rabbit Joe. Lonesome. What am I looking at? Well, you know, I didn't see no harm in it. She's keeping the boys busy. They're supposed to be keeping themselves busy by reading stagecoaches in the federal mail. Yeah, there'll be time for that. I think some of the boys just figure that if this ransom business goes the way it oughta, then we'll be all squared up for a little while when it comes to cash. The urgency for funding has waned, you see. Hmm. This development does not please me. Yeah, I can understand that. Any word from them luggerheads you sent to deliver our ransom letter? I reckon they's due any time now, unless they was arrested. As I grow old, Rabbit Joe, my patience regresses. The clock is ticking, I assure you, and my tolerance for this interloping Lala woman is thinner than snakeskin. I detest her presence here, and the sight I'm now beholding is evidence to me of nothing short of witchcraft. Witchcraft. Do I make myself clear, Rabbit Joe? Well, it's just that I'm sort of the commandant and you're sort of the field general. That's how I see it anyway. Tell me, Lickfinger, how that notion entered into your brain, if not by the lacy honey boggling of that Shakespeare Yankee. Now I suggest, Commandant, that you retire that strumpet, who is our prisoner, I'll remind you, to hunt confines haste away before her warmy schemes are insinuated and perpetuated amongst your subordinates, and these squirtish Marys I see before me are turned against us until they are forgot for which brand they ride. Yeah, loathsome. You're right. Heck, you're right. I'll, I'll put the rabbit back in its cage. Won't happen again. Well, I sincerely hope it does not. Miss Sally. 
Miss Sally. I mean, Miss Applegate. Give it a jig. Shut her down. Shut that noise. Go on now, Grizzly Dan. Shin off. I need to talk to our prisoner. Sure thing, Rabbit Joe. Goodbye, Miss Sally. Thanks for the help. Goodbye, Dan. We will resume this later. No, you won't. And why is that? I'm taking you back to your confines. Now give me them hands and press your wrists together. Why? Has the money come? Or is there a reason to fear I might be snatched from your hold? Was someone spotted on the ridge? Money ain't here, and ain't nobody coming for you. Ah, it's him, isn't it? This is his doing. This is my doing. I see. Anyway, it'll be dark soon enough. Might as well get on with it. He feels threatened, and security is not the mark of a leader. All right, let's go. Your men are happier, are they not? Well, that ain't really the point of being out here. You're making them forget that. Surely you can't argue that they aren't better fit for service. For whose service, though? Ah, I see. So it is insecurity. Don't play your witching games on me. You get in there and keep your traps shut. I don't want to hear another peep from you today. Very well. We'll discuss it tomorrow. I can see you're in no Enough of your jabbering. A gun? Really? Rabid joke? Listen, lady. You don't seem to recognize the situation you're in. That's your last warning. I'm running this camp. And Lonesome Harry's running this operation. You ain't running squat, you understand? Now, if you want to get out of this alive, you do what I say, when I say it, nothing more. And them's the Hoyles, understand? As you wish. Good. <sighs> Rick Raff. I suppose there's nothing to do but go to bed and hope that perhaps tomorrow will be better than today. <sighs> Beautiful dreamer, wake unto me. <gasps> A pimpled loon. A western screech owl! Lionel! Jesse! Badger Claw is a Moon Lasso Media original production in association with A Voice Productions and Sycamore Sky Studios. This episode was written and directed by Adam Vermillion, was produced by John Durbin, and stars John Durbin, Adam Vermillion, and Kate Isabella. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moonlassomedia, and help swing the rooster vein our way by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Badger Claw on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>